Well, you've probably heard before that confession is good for the soul. Amen. Amen. And scripture says we should confess our sins to one another. So uh, I'm going to confess something to you. I know, preacher, calm down. But uh, I am a, I'm a door opener, right? Whether it's a church, whether it's a restaurant or a store, I, I tend to hold the door open, right? doesn't matter. Men, women, kids, older adults, whatever. And so it's very common to see uh, me and Gloria out, and I'll open the door, and Gloria goes in, and if there's somebody coming, I'll wait. So you can see three or four people, sometimes five people, get in between me and my beautiful bride, because there I am holding the door open. And I don't mind that. A lot of times when you do that, people will give you a... Some people will say, thank you. Then there's those other people. Now, I'm a lot of things, sisters and brothers, but hard to miss is not one of them. I know you saw me. I know you see this big head opening the door for you, welcoming you into this fine establishment. And you don't even look me in the eye. You don't even say thank you. And I'm going to confess to you, that really irks me. Irks me that you can't even acknowledge what I'm doing. Don't you know that I am spending two seconds of my life for you? And you can't even say thank you. It makes me wonder if anyone is paying attention. I'm keeping the door open and I get no thank yous at all. Is anyone paying attention? I wonder. Well, as it turns out, yes, someone is paying attention. I want to remind you, we're reading from Matthew 25. You go back a couple chapters and uh, you find out that Jesus can be kind of a killjoy sometimes. Um, Jesus is with his disciples and they've made a trip to the temple, right? And it's kind of like going to church, but it's a little more than that because it's the temple, right? This is the place, the most holiest of places for Jesus and his people. And the disciples and Jesus have gone. They've been there for who knows how long. Jesus has been teaching. And as they're getting ready to to leave, you know, you see Jesus. He's coming out of a temple and the disciples are coming with them. Jesus turns back, waiting for the disciples. And the disciples seem to be in awe. And they tell Jesus, Jesus, look at these buildings. Look how awesome all of this is. And Jesus looks around and says, yeah, it's all going to be destroyed soon. Yeah. Get ready. And then he starts this discourse about the end of the world. We read some of it the last couple of weeks, right? Jesus would go on to tell them they're standing here in all of all the stuff that's before him. And Jesus says, well, get ready because there's coming a time when there's going to be famine. There's going to be earthquakes. There's going to be wars and rumors of wars, nations against nations. There's going to be false prophets. You're going to be persecuted. It's going to be really bad, y'all. But aren't these buildings pretty? And then he goes on to tell him, he says, look, all this is going to happen. And all I need to tell you is that you need to be aware. Jesus doesn't seem to me, at least anyway, to me, to, to get, you know, extremely worried about this. He's not trying to scare the disciples. He's not trying to tell them, ooh, get ready. He's just saying, hey, you need to be aware that one day, one day, it'll happen. And so he gives them the parable about the ten bridesmaids. You remember that. He gave them the parable we talked about last week. You remember that because you remember everything I say week in and week out. Amen? All right. (laughs) So I want you to imagine how the disciples feel at this point because they've been in awe. 
in all of everything around them. And Jesus, in a way, kind of tells them, wait. It'd be like this. Say you walked into a sanctuary, and you walked into, let's say this sanctuary. You walked into this sanctuary, and all of a sudden it was decorated for Christmas. Right? Just pretend. Okay? <laughs> and then you come in and say, oh, everything looks so beautiful. Oh, I love this. And you go on and on. And I say, yeah, well, this is all pagan anyway. I mean, exactly. Very good. So now you can understand how the disciples feel. Jesus wants them to pay attention to what matters most. He tells them about all these hard things that are going to happen and everything that they need to be aware of. And then he finishes by telling them a story. He said, you know, on that day when the Son of Man comes in all his glory, on that day when the judgment will be made, The Son of Man will separate the sheep and the goat the way a shepherd would separate sheep and a goat. Now, I've never been a shepherd, so I don't exactly know uh, why you need to separate sheep from a goat. I imagine it's because maybe one can have an influence on the other or something like that. But what Jesus says is, on one side will be the sheep. On the other side will be the goats. I'll let you decide which side you're on. And what Jesus says is... The ones are the sheep, which we take to be the good ones. He's going to say, you know what? Welcome. Welcome to, the, welcome to the kingdom that has been prepared for you. Because you know what? When you saw that I needed you, you were there for me. When you saw that I needed something to drink, you gave me something to drink. When, I saw that, when you saw that I needed clothes, you gave me something to wear. You saw that I was in prison, you came and you visited me. When you saw that I was at my darkest need, you were there to help me. And those sheep, they, they, they're kind of confused, because as I understand it, sheep can be confused a lot. And they say, well, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You've never been to prison. You're the king. When do you get thirsty? When did we ever see you have any kind of need that we could meet? And the king says, well, <laughs> whenever, whenever. You did it for any of the least of those people who, by the way, are my family. You were doing it for me. Can you imagine the sheep, the people who are sheep thinking, oh, wow. I had no idea. I, I had no idea that that guy that I saw that. I had no idea. I just, he said he needed something to drink. I just gave him a Coke. I had no idea that uh, that person in prison, I, you know, I just thought that maybe they were lonely. I had no idea that that person was important to you. The king says, however you do it, for any of the least of these, you did it for me. And, of course, you heard the other part of it. He turns to the goat and says, all right, sorry, you can't be a part of this because when you saw me in need, you didn't do anything for me. When did we see you in need? Surely if you needed something, we'd have been there for you. You just call my name and I'll be there. I'll do anything for you. And maybe the king says, well, that's the problem. Because 
You say you'll do anything for me, but when you pass up someone that I value, when you pass up someone that I care for, that I gave my life for, when you go on about your business because you think those people are getting what they deserve anyway, which you don't realize, what you don't do for them, you're not doing it for me. Y'all with me? So after talking about the end of the world, talking about the end of all things, Jesus finishes up all this talk about somebody needing something to drink. And I don't know about you, but if I'm one of the disciples, I'm thinking, Jesus, you just told me about the destruction of the temple. You just told me about there being famine. You just told me about there being people who are going to lead me astray. You just told me about wars and earthquakes. You just told me about all these things. It seems like the least of our worries is somebody needing a cup of water to drink. Have you ever heard somebody use that phrase? Well, that's the least of our worries right now. And sometimes, most times when that's, when that's said, it's, you know, you're dealing with a lot of problems and somebody's trying to help. Well, well, don't forget, we also have to take care or worry about this. Oh, that's the least of my worries right now. And whether we mean to or not, when something is the least of our worries, what happens to that worry? It kind of gets pushed down and out of the way. Because we've got bigger worries to think about. We've got bigger concerns that need our attention. And what happens is when something is the least of our worries, we sort of forget about it. And maybe that's the point. The least of our problems get, gets pushed down. The least get forgotten. And as Jesus is talking about the end of all things, and as you and I are looking at Jesus as king and trying to determine what kind of king he is, maybe that is the clue for us, that he recognizes that the least get forgotten. And that's not okay with Jesus. And I wonder if Jesus is trying to tell the disciples Look, you're going to be seeing all these things happen. You're going to be worried about all that. I'm trying to tell you, don't worry about it. There's nothing you could do about it anyway. I'm just telling you to be prepared. And I wonder if what he's telling them is, as you become prepared, don't worry about uh, trying to make these things happen or trying to stop them from happening. What you need to prioritize in your life is making sure that whoever needs a cup of water gets a cup of water. Why? Because the least the least tend to get forgotten. And what you and I have to remember, the reason why that is so important to Jesus is because just like the parable says, the least, we may call them the least. (laughs) We we may say, well, uh, these people, we need to prioritize these people because they're more influential, they have more power, they have more this. You know, we'll get around to you, probably not, but we'll get around to you. What we need to realize is what we're saying is, you don't matter as much as somebody else. And what Jesus is saying is, that person is my family just as much as anyone else. See, in the kingdom of God, the least don't get forgotten. In the kingdom of God, the least don't get forgotten. Uh, she's not here. I sure wish she was. At Manaviano on Thursday, uh, we gathered here on Thursday, uh, Thanksgiving Day for worship, and we had a time when we 
uh, shared some testimony, and, and Manadiana, many, most of you know her. She got up and she had already told me, and apparently I, I found out she had already told three other people beforehand, before she stood up in front of the rest of the church to give her testimony. She said that she was blessed by our Thanksgiving dinner that we held last weekend. She said somebody has asked her, you know, are you going to have a good Thanksgiving? She told him, I already had it, and it was the best one. And when she was talking to me as we were getting ready, she said, the thing I remember the most is they were coming in seeing all these people. I got to see people I'd never met before. I got to see and all these smiling faces. And I got to think that somebody that was there knew that they mattered. Somebody there knew that they mattered. See, in recent weeks, sisters and brothers, I've tried to remind you of a couple things. One, your life matters to God. And then I've tried to remind you that what you do with your life matters to God as well. And today I just want to simply remind you or tell you maybe for the first time, maybe you haven't heard anyone tell you this, but more than your life, more than what you do with your life, you matter to God. And I know sometimes we feel like we are forgotten. Sisters and brothers, we are not forgotten. Because here's what we know. If God's priority is the least of these, everyone else gets taken care of as well. See, what happens when we set our concerns, we let the least of these wait and wait and wait and wait. We'll get to you. But God's priority is the least of these. And if we understand that the least of these is God's priority, what that means is, one, nobody has ever forgotten, and two, Everyone is already taken care of, too. Sisters and brothers, you are not forgotten, my God. And I know sometimes it feels otherwise. I know sometimes it feels like the struggle is way too real. But you are not forgotten. On this Christ the King Sunday, I think it's important for us to remember what exactly that means for us. As followers and believers of Jesus Christ, we look at the life and ministry of Jesus and we, we see in the life and in the death and in the resurrection of Jesus, we see what God looks like. And not only do we see what God looks like, we see what's important to God. And not only do we see what's important to God, we see what's important to our life as well. And part of what Jesus is showing, reminding us today is what's important is that everybody is made to know that they are not forgotten. So here's the deal. I can stand up here and tell all of you, you're not forgotten. And maybe you remember that. Maybe you don't. Maybe you actually don't remember everything I say week in and week out. But maybe you do remember, and maybe you take that with you. But then what you realize is that isn't a message just for you. That's something that you now have with you that you can remind somebody else of. And that's how God takes care of all of us. From the least of these and everybody else. Sisters and brothers, I want you to hear today that what you do matters. And in our world today, when we see that violence reigns and we see that arrogance is celebrated 
and we see that greed is made into a holiday, we need to understand that the world needs to see now more than ever that indeed Christ is king. But somebody's got to show them. And somebody's got to tell them. So no matter what you're doing, sisters and brothers, to make the lives of other people matter, keep doing it. No matter what you're doing to try to show the least of these and everybody else in between that their life matters to God, keep doing it. Sisters and brothers, even if no one ever tells you thank you, you keep holding that door open. You keep doing what you are doing to let people know that their lives matter to God. And I promise you, God will make sure that someone tells you that your life matters too. Amen? Amen. Would you pray with me? Oh, blessed Lord, we are so grateful for the love that we see in Christ Jesus, a love that forgives us and sustains us, a love, God, that carries us, supports us, and gives us new life. So today, God, with joy in our hearts, we are here, Lord, to, to hear your word once again. We ask for your forgiveness, Lord, because we know that quite often we don't care for the least of these. We care about ourselves. Quite often we say that you are king, but really we don't live it. So, Lord, we ask for your forgiveness and pray that you would free our hearts now to be able to see you for who you truly are and to be able to see each other the same way. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen.